No. Oh, got it. Okay. Baggage. That script, that's, that film strip or whatever you call it we just saw. Yeah. Okay. I got to regroup. My baggage is not being comfortable up here. So um, we all have it. Some of us admit we have it. Some of, some of us admit, don't admit we have it. Some of it we picked up, this baggage we picked up as kids, and some of it we might have picked up yesterday, but we've all got it. So my name's Carol. Um, my husband and I have been working with Celebrate Recovery for four and a half years, and I am a share group leader at CR. And let's introduce you. This is part of my CR family, and let's hear who you are and what you do at CR. My name's Scott. I'm from Rantoul. Um, I've been attending CR now for 20 months. I'm also celebrating 20 months clean and sober from addiction. <laughs> and I, um, I owe it all to Jesus Christ and the Celebrate Recovery and, and the family at Celebrate Recovery for that recovery. Um, I also work at the prison ministry in Rantoul. Jesus is away. And one of my greatest joys and blessings in life is to be able to bring the guys, the residents from there, to our Celebrate Recovery every Friday night so they too can experience a deeper walk with Christ and a stronger recovery and the joy of knowing Jesus personally, intimately, his love, mercy, and grace. Angie? I'm Angie, and I have been coming to Celebrate since last August, and I'm on the tech team. John? I'm John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I've been attending Celebrate Recovery for over four years, and I'm one of the share group leaders. Now, every Friday night, there's different elements that we do every Friday night. We meet for dinner for about 45 minutes. We all share dinner together. We sit together and talk about the week or not, whatever. Um, we have a large group time where we either have a testimony or a lesson, and then we break into share groups. Men go in one or two rooms and, and talk with other men, and women go in their share groups and talk with other women. So that's the format. And we, we've done a lot of different things. Um, we've talked a lot about Celebrate Recovery, but I'm not sure we've really talked a lot about what the strength of our share group. Um, so I, I think that's what we're going to talk about tonight, today. Um, when a new, newcomer comes to Celebrate Recovery for the first time, when we go into a share group, we often just say, why don't we share about how we felt when we walked in the first time? And I know for me, the first couple times I walked into a share group, all I did was cry. I sat there, and every time I thought about the pain that was going in my life, I just cried. I couldn't share. I couldn't open my mouth. I listened, but I mainly cried. And I remember the women in the group saying, just keep coming back. And so I did. And about the fourth or the fifth time, I, I was offended by the fact that some people were actually laughing in the group. And I thought, well, I came here to share my pain. What could they be laughing about? And they said, keep coming back. And the fourth or fifth time I came, I realized I was hearing my own laughter. And it, it took me that long to get to the point where the, the pain was maybe still there, but the people around me, the support I got from them, let me kind of put it in perspective. So... Um, that was my experience the first time, um, and I think it's the same for a lot of people. John, can you tell us how the men's share groups differ from other groups of men that you've been in when you've been in conversation with men about what life looks like? Uh, sure. Most of the men's groups I've been in before were a men's Bible study or we studied a book, and it was, it was great getting into the Word, studying it with other men, sharing about the Scriptures, but we didn't really talk about 
our own issues, our own problems and things that maybe were going on personally in our lives. Scott? For me, um, when I came into Celebrate Recovery, uh, like I said, 20 months ago, I was totally broken, consumed by addiction, and literally could not stay clean and sober one day at a time. And uh, so fortunately, uh, through the share groups, I started beginning to share in, um, I realized that Jesus Christ is our higher power. And um, I was with a group of guys that had the same belief system, that had the same faith that I had, and it was in sharing with them that it gave me hope and it gave me strength. It gave me the courage to change. And, um, you know, I, I've been very grateful ever since that moment. Thanks, Scott. Um, at Celebrate, we talk a lot about preserving the safety of a group. And one of the things that, or two of the things that are really important to us are anonymity and confidentiality. Angie, can you tell me what difference that would make, what difference it does make in a share group? Um, I think for me, um, my own personal experience has been um, in coming to a share group, um, I had a lot of issues when I first came. I came for one issue. I thought I was coming for just one issue that I needed to fix, and I was done. Um, once you come to um, celebrate and then you go to the share groups, you realize, whoa, I have a lot of issues um, that I need to work on. And um, I was pretty angry at one point about my marriage and the failure of my marriage. And I thought that coming to celebrate was going to fix my marriage. And um, if I solved that one problem in me, my marriage was going to get fixed. And um, there were stories and share groups about marriages that were working. And I was pretty angry about that. And I shared my anger in the share group that um, these marriages were working and mine was not. Um, you could not do that in a group where the confidentiality and the, you know, you couldn't do that in a group where it wasn't confidential. And also if you're in a group where um, you may be talking about a coworker or your family members and there may be people in the group who know your family or your coworkers, you don't want that information going out to your coworkers or your family. Thanks, Angie. John, how have you most benefited by being part of a share group? I think for me, over the, the four and a half years that I've been involved in, in share groups at Celebrate Recovery, is over that time, I've built a good support team of, of other men who are believers, who we've, we've cut, they've come to be the best friends that I have. They're people I can trust. I can talk with them about anything. We support one another. We encourage one another. We love each other. And it takes time, but over time, that's the biggest benefit, I think, that I've received. And, Scott, how have you benefited? Um, well, the first thing, when I came to Share Group, um, the thing that's been true from the beginning is my sponsor. Uh, sponsorship is a huge part of our program. Um, a sponsor helps, you know, hold one of, you know, each of us accountable and helps us work the 12 steps of the program. Um, he also helps with life problems. And uh, with my sponsor, um, you know, I, we talk weekly. We talk several times weekly, actually, and we try to meet once a week. And um, he's also guided me through the uh, step study group that I was uh, committed to for 13 months. And he's been a huge asset 
and he's been a big part of my life, and he's actually helped me. Without him, I don't believe I could have stayed clean and sober. So sponsorship is a huge um, part of, of the sh uh, share group. You can find your sponsor through there, and it's very important. Angie, how about you? Um, I also have a sponsor now. Um, that's done wonders for me, my heart. Um, I know now that I'm not alone. Um, I haven't been very good about sharing my feelings. Um, I've only just started doing feelings in counseling, and now I'm doing good at sharing feelings in share group. Um, I've made a lot of lifelong friends that um, I never thought I would have. Um, and I've also learned that um, even though uh, my marriage ended um, it was a good thing. I mean, I found that prayers are not always answered the way that you want them to be. Um, I prayed for my marriage to be okay, but I found out that, you know, prayers are not always answered the way you want it to be. Things are okay. Um, God answered my prayers, but he answered them in a way that uh, was best for me and best for my kids. Um, and I have a lot of support at Celebrate. Um, and I'm still learning. I'm still fixing my issues, habits, hang-ups, and hurts, and um, I'll continue to do that. And I've also found recently that um, God has used me to help other people, and that's a big thing for me. Thanks, Angie. John, why do we say at Celebrate that we're here to support one another and not fix one another? Well, I know speaking for myself, uh, I was there because I couldn't fix my own problems. Uh, I think for me to try and fix someone else's, whether it be someone else in the group or my family or anyone else, is a very bad idea that's going to end up in disaster. So in the share groups, we support one another, we love each other, we encourage each other, and we just let God do the fixing. Thanks, John. So I hope you see that um, we're just ordinary people that admit we have baggage. Um, and, and one of the ways, one of the tools that we use is a tool called Celebrate Recovery. It's a place where we can go and work on our baggage in community with other Christians who get where the healing power comes from. So we hope you'll join us. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Gary Wackerlin, and it is uh, a privilege of mine to be able to serve as the uh, Celebrate Recovery Ministry Leader, and I, too, am a grateful believer in Jesus, also recovering from alcoholism. And uh, in the next few minutes, what I, what I hope to do is to, uh, is to simply share with you why I love the Celebrate Recovery Ministry. One of, one of the biggest reasons that, um, that I love this ministry are the testimonies that we have at our meetings every other week and hearing people share stories about how God has changed their lives. Um, there were several of us that attended the National Celebrate Recovery Summit uh, just last week uh, and we're joined by 2,500 Celebrate Recovery leaders from all over the, the, the country and world. Uh, and we heard a, a very, very powerful testimony that 
uh, received national attention uh, about eight years ago. And it goes like this. By her own account, Ashley Smith is far from an angel or hero. Yet today her face is known around the world as the single mother who persuaded Brian Nichols, Atlanta's courtroom killer, to surrender to police. Brian Nichols called Ashley an angel sent from God, but ironically, it was, it was Ashley's less than perfect past that allowed her to convince him to face justice. Ashley was born August 1st, 1978 in Augusta, Georgia, surrounded by a God-fearing, sports-loving family. However, her parents divorced when she was a toddler and spent most of her childhood with her grandparents and aunt. Ashley married at an early age and soon gave birth to a premature three-pound baby girl, Paige. It was a volatile marriage, but Ashley vowed to keep her family together. Things were just beginning to settle down when her husband was fatally stabbed by people that he used to call friends. Following the murder, Ashley willingly gave custody of Paige, who was then a healthy three-and-a-half-year-old, to her aunt. She wanted to be a mother. She wanted to be a mother, but her drug addiction kept pulling her away. God kept calling, but Ashley always put him on hold while she flirted with temptation. All of that changed dramatically March 11, 2005, when Brian Nichols forced his way into her apartment following his deadly rampage in Atlanta's Fulton County Courthouse. After giving uh, Brian Nichols her remaining stash of drugs, several miracles followed, which allowed her to talk to Nichols about God's purpose for the two of them to meet. Now, among Ashley's few possessions was a copy of Rick Warren's A Purpose Driven Life. And this book was given to her, actually, at a Celebrate Recovery meeting she had been attending. And during her seven-hour ordeal with Nichols, she read from the book and encouraged him how to, to consider that he might be able to serve God if he surrendered. And he did that the following morning. Ashley believes that God led her through the dark hours with Nichols and has called her to use the highly publicized experience to help unlikely angels find hope. Today she is back actively pursuing her faith and is living with her daughter, her new husband, and their baby boy. Ashley is passionate about her renewed relationship with Jesus and actively shares her story of redemption, letting everybody know that if God could do it for her, he will also do it for them. That's the message. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Ashley is living proof of what we see over and over at Celebrate Recovery, and that is God never wastes a hurt. Dr. Henry Cloud, who is a renowned best-selling author and an expert about uh, leadership, has this to say about how we go about living our life. One of the ways we go about living our life is to never go back to what didn't work in the past. Never go back to what didn't work in the past. Something has to be different, and something has to change. And he tells a story about this guy that decides to go for a walk one day, and while he's walking, he falls into this deep hole, and he slowly climbs his way out of that hole. On the next day, he's on his walk, and he falls into the same deep hole. 
and he climbs his way out slowly. Third day he's on his walk, and he sees the hole, but he gets too close to it, and he falls in again. And he slowly climbs his way out. The fourth day he's on the walk, he sees the hole, and he walks around it. The fifth day on his walk, he goes in a different direction altogether. Something has to be different. Something has to change. For Ashley, that's something different with Celebrate Recovery in a purpose-driven life. For many of us, it takes a little suffering in life, falling in the hole a few times, and climbing out to finally do something different. I know that it did for me. God allowed me to go through some suffering to begin molding me into the person that he wants me to be. In Celebrate Recovery, I found a safe place to heal and a path for moving forward with my life. The safe place is a community of people who are not afraid to be open about their issues, as you just have heard, who don't make me feel like it's just me, who know what the hurting feels like, and who know that we can celebrate a new hope through Jesus. We need to belong while we figure it out. We just need to belong while we figure it all out. The path for healing is the 12 steps, and that's a path that I'm 100% committed to. It's a path that has healed millions, and it's a path based on God's word. The steps provide a path to sanctification, getting more like Jesus systematically every day, one day at a time. That's sanctification, and this is why I love Celebrate Recovery. John Baker, who was the founder of Celebrate Recovery with his wife Cheryl, uh, casts the vision for the ministry. He says, the vision of Celebrate Recovery is for the church to provide a safe place where individuals and families can find healing and restoration, a place where people of all ages can find freedom from their hurts, habits, hang-ups, and phone calls. Celebrate Recovery differs from secular 12-step programs for two main reasons. First of all, we have one higher power, and that's Jesus Christ. And secondly, the steps provide a healing for all of life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And you can see just a few of them on the road to recovery on the screen behind me. About a year ago, we had an individual that started attending uh, Celebrate Recovery, and she told me that she could really provide some help for the people there. And for one of the few times, I learned to bite my tongue and not say something that I wished I hadn't, and uh, I didn't. And, but after a while, she continued to come, and she told me again in a conversation, she said, you know, I realized that I was one of those people, too. As Rick Warren, senior pastor of Saddleback Church, uh, which is the home of Celebrate Recovery, says, Celebrate Recovery is for anyone anyone who has either been hurt or has hurt someone else. So that doesn't leave many of us out. He says there are two kinds of people, those who need recovery and know it, and those who need recovery and don't know it. And finally, I love what he has to say about the Celebrate Recovery ministry. Celebrate Recovery is based on the actual words of Jesus. 
Step one says, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behavior, that our lives had become unmanageable. And Paul backs this up in Romans 7.18 when he says, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. This is God's word. Secondly, celebrate recovery is forward-looking. We deal with the past and then we move on. Wallowing is not allowed. Wallowing is not allowed. Mourning is good. Moaning is not. Celebrate Recovery emphasizes personal responsibility. We surrender, we evaluate, we make amends, we develop healthy habits, and we learn to serve. Celebrate Recovery provides growth and healing in the context of community. We simply cannot get well on our own. Forgiveness is found through God, but healing is found through others. And James 5.16 tells us, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It doesn't get any clearer than that. Celebrate Recovery also calls for a spiritual commitment to Jesus. Simply put, God exists and he's not me. In step three, we make a decision to turn our lives and our wills over the care of God. Our hope is to expect a changed life by following Jesus. Celebrate Recovery develops leaders. Experiencing grace makes you gracious to others. Now, I developed a friendship with a man who's been participating in Celebrate Recovery since we started four and a half years ago. And if you read Randy's Friday email, you already know who I'm talking about. But this man was broken, he was alone. He was hurting, he had lost almost everything, and his something different became Celebrate Recovery, where he found that safe place and a path for healing. And today he's once again pastoring a church, helping others through his own experiences. And lastly, Rick Warren says, Celebrate Recovery is theologically sound. It takes sin and the fall of man very, very seriously. Many people really don't get their arms around the fact that we live in a broken world. And, uh, you know, that's the reason for uh, our economy, our broken relationships, our bodies, the weather, uh, our politics. Wow. Uh, And just look at the events of the last few days. I mean, we live in a broken world. And when we finally... Uh, get our arms around this, we begin to understand that everyone needs recovery. And this is why I love to celebrate recovery. Um, At we do at uh, all of our meetings, we say the prayer for serenity together. And we're going to put that on the screen. And um, read the word, you know, read the words in your mind, picture the words as you read them. And um, because the prayer has a lot of lot of meaning to it. So we're going to join and say the serenity prayer together. Is it back there? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will. 
so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.